0: How Should SEOs Use Link Graphs? What are link graphs and why are they important for SEO? How do you see your link graph? And how do you incorporate the findings from link graphs into your SEO strategy? Hi, I'm David Bain and those are just a few of the questions that I'll be asking the panelists on today's Majestic SEO Podcast and live stream. So let's get them to introduce themselves. Let's start with Bill.
1: Hi, I'm Bill Hartzer. I've been doing SEO before it was called SEO, I guess, back in the last century, um, which actually was the late 90s. Um, I've done everything from on-page to technical SEO, and I've been in-house, and I've been at agencies, I've run an agency, and... I, for years, I've been trying to get uh, Majestic to create something visual like LinkGraph and we finally have graph.
0: Back in the last millennium, Bill. Yes. <laughs> and also with us today was is Julia.
2: Uh, hello, I'm Julia Logan. Uh, I'm uh, not quite as old in this industry as Bill, but... Also I've been I've been involved in SEO since approximately 2000 and I now run a boutique agency called Zungus Digital and we mostly work with clients in top competitive verticals.
0: Superb. Thanks for joining us Julia. And um third guest
3: with us today is Silke. Hi. Uh, I'm Silke van Beestelen and I'm currently the senior SEO account manager at Diffusion Digital in London. Um, and I have been working on SEO, I guess, for about 10 years, a bit longer, actually, on network, all things network. Um, yeah. And I'm really passionate about links and data visualisation um, and anything to do with that.
0: Superb. Thanks, Soka. Well, we've got a few people watching us live. If you can ask a few questions and we'll try and get to the question and um, involve what you say, obviously, is part of the discussion. If you're watching the replay or listening to the replay, just go to majestic.com webinars and sign up for the next live stream. And hopefully you can be part of that. But for the first question, um, let's go to Julia. So Julia, what are link graphs and why are they important for SEO?
2: Essentially, the link graphs are a visual representation of a site's link profile, and second-tier links of that link profile, and third-tier links, however far you want to go. Uh, Majestic shows up to four levels, I think. So that is useful because it lets you visualize in a very compact manner a load of information that would otherwise take you a load of time to process if you're just looking at the regular link profile reports. And yes, it can help you spot certain issues. It can help you spot some inconsistencies in the link profile or anything interesting in the link profile of the site's linking to your target site that you're examining and so on.
0: Bill, anything you'd like to add to that?
1: Sure. I think that, you know, we go back to really the basics of links because for years, I mean, for years, and even a lot of tools still just only report the what we call the first tier of links, which is who actually just links to you. And so when we start to think about link graph and, and tiered links, you know, we're talking about the second tier of links and the third tier, which means, okay, you have a link from one website or one web page to your website. Well, what web pages are linking to that particular page that then is linking to you? So that would be the second tier. And then the third tier would, who is linking to that page that then is linking to you that then is, you know, and and so forth. And so we, you know, once we start to open up really the 10,000 meter view of, you know, or or the, the, you know, view from space looking at down on all of the links, you know, we have, we know that Google knows a lot about links and they, they, they can see all these networks and and relationships and they know the topics of links and what websites link to what website that then links to another and so forth. And so we kind of start to get to the situation where we're, you know, we're a little closer of, of what the search engines are able to actually see, and not just one link that's linking to you.
2: Right, people keep forgetting that the World Wide Web is actually the World Wide Web, it's literally a web. And that is a really good visual representation of what we are dealing with. And you should always keep this in mind that it's a web. Everything is interconnected.
3: Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And I think also we have to keep in mind that everything, particularly as SEOs, you know, how Google looks at things, it's not just the links um pointing to all the websites, they are creating knowledge graphs, right? They're they're super big on that, they are connecting topics and sites and Entities and concepts all together to try and advance all the time, right? It's a never standstill, as we know, unfortunately, sometimes um it, it keeps moving. So it's kind of embedded in all of that as well. Um, yeah, so I think it's a super useful thing to look at and think of on a macro level for strategy as well. Um, but it is it can be dangerous as well, because it is a representation of something, and you can play around with that there's different ways of showing link graphs um so i think there has to be some caution there as well
0: julia i've just shared the thread the social media thread that you shared with um us just before we went live um do you want to share a few thoughts with the listener with the viewer about um what that is and um uh, how they should um look at what you've shared
2: Yeah, back in May, I posted not even one, but actually two threads. One was a series of 10 link graphs of various sites, and I didn't mention which ones they were, and uh, it was kind of low-resolution view, so you couldn't really zoom in and tell what, what we're talking about. And then I said, guess the network. So 10 graphs, guess the network. And I gave people some time, and then... After some time, I posted the explanation what was what? And the whole point of this thread was to demonstrate that whatever can look to some people like a network may not be that at all. So the view can be can be really really uh, misleading. and as Silke has mentioned, indeed you should you should really be careful about jumping to conclusions about uh just looking at the graph and thinking okay i know what's going on there because you you really don't in most cases you have to look deeper into the details and like i said it's 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 a useful visualization it's like a first glance that gives you an idea what you should probably be looking at further on but it's just a first glance just just remember that it shouldn't be the final step whatever you're doing
0: so what are the conclusions that SEOs commonly come to that aren't right okay so basically you know one
1: of the things is is you know you look at your competitors and say okay here's a competitor that's ranking really well let's look at their link graph and we build we look at it or i look at it and say gee you know the the conclusion that you would initially or or that i come and i look at the link graph and there may be what appears to be five, six, or three link networks where um, that, where there's a, you know, 150 domains that are all linking to each other, and then you have a link from what that per- one site from that particular that's in that network that's linking to you, and you figure out well, hey, the reason why you know this competitor's ranking is because they're taking advantage of these link networks or PBNs or whatever you want to call it. And that, that, you know, that, that is something that maybe Google or, or, you know, is is ignoring. Um, And, you know, the, the first initial thought is, okay, well they're ranking because of these PBNs and these link networks and that have been created. And that's not necessarily the case. That's not necessarily the case why they're ranking.
2: Yeah, exactly. And actually, if your network looks like a network on a graph, you probably shouldn't be building networks. No network builder worth their money is building shit like that. Basically, a good network does not look like a network. A good network tries to be natural. So it wouldn't really look that obvious on the graph. On the other side, uh, on the other hand, uh, let's say if your site is really popular and it's ranking well in certain verticals, it's almost guaranteed that your site will get scraped by all sorts of spammy scraper sites. So when you look at the graph with a lot of those spammy scraper sites, they will be linking to that site. and. You know, at a glance, it might look like a really spammy, low-quality network. So the examples that I'm giving in this thread, basically, in many cases, let's say this one, this first one. It's uh, an actual site that does have a number of sites connected with it, but they have a legitimate reason to be connected to it. And basically, that, that, that cluster that we're looking at right now in the center of this graph, this is what's going on. These are all sites belonging to the same company, and they are there for a reason. Let's say, imagine a uh, corporate sites of a large company that has different, you know, uh, regional representatives or something like that, or representatives in different countries, and they all have sites, and they are all linked to each other, and they are linking to the main site of the main company. It would look pretty much like this, yeah, that would all be interconnected, but they have an actual reason to exist. They have an actual reason to look like this. That's a completely legitimate case, right? Now, on the other hand, let's say, uh, if you have if you have a, also, let's not forget that when we are looking at the link profile of the entire site, it's not the same as what happens when we are looking at the link profile of a particular URL. And let's say, uh, all those uh, sponsored content sites that are appearing all over the SERPs right now, especially top competitive SERPs like gambling or some other verticals. Uh, what happens is uh, if somebody offers placement of that content under, let's say, newspaper, TV, channel, sites, on a non-exclusive uh, basis, so basically first come, first served, whoever pays gets the placement, yeah, Those people will sometimes try and help their parasite content. Well, parasite, I say in quotes, because technically, you know, the classic definition of parasites is uh, something that's been placed on another site, high authority site, typically without the owner's knowledge or permission. More like, you know, in the old days, it used to be, when somebody hacks a site and places their parasite pages on there. But right now, I see people referring to the sponsored content as parasite SEO, which, yeah, then again, I, I would argue with that definition, but, uh, yeah, not to get sidetracked. Basically, what I'm talking about is if somebody is actually trying to help that stuff link you would only actually get this on a link graph if you are examining that one particular URL. You will probably not see it, most likely, on the site-wide link graph because typically this would be a pretty large um, site with a pretty large link profile. And this one particular URL getting all that artificial network booster links or something like that would just get lost in that graph, and you wouldn't be able to even see that. Uh,
0: Julie, I just want to ask you a quick follow-up question just before moving on to someone else, and that is, what's the quickest way to distinguish between a legitimate link graph and a private blog network?
2: There's no quick way, really. You really have to go through those links and see what's really happening there. That's the only way, really.
0: Okay, great. Okay, let's move on to Silke. Um, Silke, um, how... Do you use link graphs? And um, I believe that you also go beyond data visualization. So what does that mean?
3: Yeah, I think for me, I think all the comments that have been made are super valid. And I see link graphs more as the data visualization to present a story to a stakeholder, whether that's internally or externally. But you have to be in control of the data visualization like with anything else. You wouldn't just share a massive table with absolutely everything to a stakeholder. You would have to refine that to make sure that you are telling and representing your story well, right? For me, the link graphs otherwise are just that—they're that visualization. Often at the end, actually, they can use they can be used as exploration, but I think th- they play a better part at the very end. What I tend to do is the link graphs are based on something, right? They are being calculated in the background by all kinds of statistics, and you can actually look at those. They don't have to be super scary or anything, but you can look at those the way that Google almost would. You would look at not just how many links sites are getting or giving away, but also where they are positioned statistically in a network. Um, it obviously depends on all the data that you have available or not, um, but it is something that you can then use to make make sense of things. Um, on a deeper level or decide on your strategy based on on some of those metrics.
0: So what would be an example of a story that you managed to glean from a link graph?
3: Um, So for example, um, some sites might not necessarily be the ones that are the most linked or pages within a website, it doesn't matter, in, in, in a network, but they could have something called a high betweenness value. And that means that they are a very important site or page connecting different types of um, coherent other networks so if lots of networks are linking to each other because they're in the same business or kind of topic and then there's a site that kind of links those to another network about a different topic but kind of related then that site would have a high betweenness because you kind of have to go through that site to get to the other ones and that can be an important site to identify for whatever reason where you want to um, I don't know. Uh, rank for both sustainability and travel, and and they they can be connected. Those websites, but they're also quite different, right? And and identifying those websites to potentially reach out to or to create a partnership with, is actually so. By
0: a, be, by between the sorry, do you mean a correlation between the 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 actual types of links that um, link to both sites?
3: Um. Yeah. Between this is a is a statistical metric of network analysis that calculates how important a site is, um, or a page or whatever, a node in a network, um, and whether it is on the shortest path between many other websites. But it doesn't necessarily need to have a lot of incoming links or outgoing links itself. It's just an important pathway, and that the between-the-centrality calculates that, really, and shows that. And it is often very different from the most popular site or the, or the one with the most backlinks
0: and that brings us on to statistics so what it is what is it that an seo needs to know about statistics if they haven't really looked into the topic
3: yeah i think lots of people are a bit frightened of that when 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 faced with that but the thing is lots of tools can do it for you as so many you know there's so many seo tools out there but this is there's plenty of tools that are free out there that allow you to build your own link graphs of whatever data you have for example i use a tool called gephi And it's very intuitive, really. It calculates the statistics for you. You will still need to have a quick read on what it means, right? For example, between a centrality um, and things like that. But but it is available to you to explore the link graphs you might get from Majestic with the data you get from Majestic and actually uh, use some of the other data points you get there to focus on what it is that is important to you and your strategy. You don't need to just take the link graph an seo tool presents you you can use the data and create your own and look at the metrics behind that the statistics behind that
0: feel free to share that um in the public chat the the link to that statistics um, software that you okay. um recommend there's okay um i was just trying to have a look for it there bill um you obviously look at um link graphs with tiered links in mind um how important is, is doing that, looking at uh, the different tiers?
1: I think it's important, you know, especially when it comes to smaller, I'd say smaller websites or, or we're talking a little bit about when it comes to the smaller business, when you have websites that um, only in industry that where the competitors only have 100 links, or they may have 50 links to their website, versus, you know, that's a lot different. And look, and, and it's maybe even easier to determine what's going on when you're looking at a link graph of a competitor or a website that has less than a thousand. And certainly if it's 100, 200 links. And there's a lot of websites like that, and that'll, that'll only have fifty or a hundred links. And so, the re- and the reason why they may be, you know, they may be just a a contractor or or you know somebody in a small in, in in one particular um, city or town, and that's that's their business, and they only really have you know those competitors. You know, there's five competitors in one particular town that does um, one particular service and they have 100 links. So when you look at link graph of those, when you're only dealing with a small number of links, it's very e- it's a lot easier to see those tiered link, you know, the tiered links, because you're not dealing with hundreds or thousands of links or tens of thousands or millions of links. And so it's a little bit easier or more important to see the tier two or tier three links because you're only looking at a small, very small, uh, network, um, or a very small, uh, number of links in the link graph.
0: Julia, how often should an SEO be looking at their link graph?
2: However often is necessary, really.
0: How do you know how often is necessary?
2: Um, Well, link audits is something maybe not, you know, full-blown official, you know, formal link audits, but at least, you know, a quick check of your links is something every site owner or SEO should be doing every once in a while. You might be losing links that are really valuable, that are giving you some serious advantage and you wouldn't even know it unless you check. And actually, links that you've lost are also visible on the graph, and that is one thing that it could help you quickly identify. Uh, You might start getting links from some sources that you didn't know anything about, and that's, again, something that you could discover. I mean, yeah, sure, you could discover this on a link report as well, But uh, if you want to go a little bit more visual, then then the link graph is, is a good way for that.
0: Bill, how do you use a link graph to assist with your strategy?
1: One of the strategies really is to say, okay, is to kind of look at the link graph and see not necessarily just that first tier, but focus on the second tier and third tier, you know, maybe of competitors. And, you know, our you know, are the second tier links or the third tier links, you know, are those on topic? Are they relevant? Are they, you know, that the competitor has um, are they links that um, you could potentially get um, on that? You know, and, and so there's, you know, there's, there's in theory, you know, when we, even we go, if we go back to the way, you know, the, the original page rank algorithm, or even, you know, you get, some kind of trust or link juice or something passes from one link to the end, to the next. And so uh, if you look in that, you can look at those second tier and third tier links in, you know, find out if, and figure out if those are more powerful links that then is passed on, you know, uh, through one link to another, to another. And so just on the high level, And it's easier like i said it's easier if you're only dealing with an industry where what most websites only have 100 or less links or even a couple hundred links um you can kind of just by just by highlighting and moving your cursor around link graph you can kind of see you know the you know see the see the url the trust flow and so forth and see you know, potentially the uh, the relevance just by looking at the link and the type of site it is.
0: So Bill, is it a decent link building strategy to analyze your second, third and fourth tier links and attempt to get them to link to you directly?
1: Yes, that can be, you know, one, one, uh, one strategy.
0: I'm sorry, Julia, you're jumping in there.
2: Yeah, problem is you can't really tell which links on a link graph are topically relevant, which ones are more important, and so on. Because yes, you could see some clusters of third, fourth tier links uh, linking to a link linking to you. But you can't really tell what quality those links are unless you actually go and look at the detailed reports. So this this is a really, really, really high level overview. But link, uh, Link Graph itself, doesn't really tell you much. It doesn't really tell you which links are more powerful than the others. It doesn't really tell you unless, but by default, the graph doesn't tell you unless you filter, let's say, by a certain topical trust flow and just specifically build a link graph for that specific filter with that filter in mind. You wouldn't even be able to, to, to tell that by looking at the default graph. So this is one precaution to everyone who will uh, go and look at their link graphs right now. Make sure that you're looking in depth, not just at the very general link graph. Link graph is a useful tool if you really know how to use it. If you are just playing with it, I mean, it's very fidgety. Oh, it truly is very interactive, very fidgety. It's nice to play with. But there's more beyond that. You should really be looking in depth.
3: Yeah, I think to, to that point, I think what Bill said earlier about the smaller websites, it, it's a bit more intuitive there. You can kind yeah, of play yeah, yeah, around yeah. it, right? But otherwise, my rule for myself is, because I can get very stuck in these. Um, my rule for myself is, if I can see it better in a table... I should use a table instead of a link graph because I feel like Definitely. you can very easily start looking at these amazing almost spaghetti monsters and lose yourself mm-hmm. completely in it and focus on something that's actually not relevant. If it's a small site, I think yep. it can have some real value looking at them. But otherwise... Where you
2: actually see the table. URLs of the of the links, yes. where you actually exactly. see that, the domains. That the, the, yeah. That could at least give you an idea what the site is about, at least approximately. And then if you see that there is a third level cluster somewhere, or like fourth tier links going to that site, then you just open the link profile of that site and then you explore in in depth and then you're getting something useful out of that.
0: And Silke, how how do you actually build the confidence of the story that you're trying to tell through statistics when you need to... Present what's happening to someone in upper management board level to actually make a decision about um upcoming SEO strategy. H- how do you build that confidence?
3: I think this is the same for all kinds of data visualizations. First, understand what it is you're showing in your data, and secondly, keep it simple. Just focus on the things. For example, I've used link graphs, the ones that um, I think SEM rush now, provide you you know the link graphs of your actual just internal links of your site um, and I've used that to show that there was a huge issue with canonical issues for example lighting up all the all the pages in red that had a canonical issue but I think keep it simple know what the issue is or what um, if it's not an issue what the positive is that you want to show and just focus on that because they are they can be so overwhelming. That actually, you may know what you're showing, but nobody else will actually understand what it is that you are showing. Um, so, data visualization, whether it's link graphs or something else, needs to be to, to the point and simple.
2: Also, uh, sure, we're talking about the majestic link graph here, but uh, since you mentioned SEMrush and the internal link graph, I think that's not an ideal way to look at the internal link structure much better way would be to actually crawl the site and then visualize your crawl. Many tools like Screaming Frog or uh, some others to actually offer side you bulb. an opportunity to... Yes, side bulb. I was thinking of that. Uh, offering you an opportunity to visualize your crawl, visualize the internal structure of the site, that is a lot more useful than using a third-party tool that may or may not crawl your site entirely. So that that actually, I don't think that's as useful as a direct crawl.
3: I think I I think I said SEMrush rush and I meant screaming frog. You know, there's the, um, the crawl diagram yeah, sure. there, which obviously makes a lot more sense. Apologies for that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so so I do like that actually for the internal links.
2: absolutely, absolutely. That is really useful, and that actually does help visualize a lot of internal problems you might have with the navigation and crawlability and just overall connectedness of your sites and isolated clusters on your site and all of that.
0: I guess one of the keys is also knowing which domain to start off from to make sure that you don't miss out any of the more authoritative sites in your industry so how do you make that decision where to start out from um julia so you're nodding away there
2: we do a lot of our own stuff we are actually specialized in building bespoke private networks not not gtpbns but high quality bespoke private networks where really nobody can tell that this is a network because they don't look like networks so uh one of the sources of domains that we use sometimes for the uh, for the networks for our clients would be large authoritative sites which are linking to a lot of industry sites so that would be topically relevant links but some of the domains that they are linking to have expired and that is an age-old method of hunting expired domains really. We're not the first ones to come up with that. Uh, But yeah, knowing which one to grow would really be beneficial. And you just kind of, depending on what industry you are dealing with, you are either going after the large known sites, which are linking to everyone else in the industry. Or sometimes you are just going through the links of the other sites that you are looking at, and then you spot something that looks interesting, and then you start crawling that, and you discover that this is really the source that you needed. So yes,
0: Bill, would you be able to spot one of Julia's high-quality site networks?
2: Probably not.
1: I would first probably have to know the industry, and you know, um, probably know uh, you know what are the sites. So most likely, probably not. You know, it's. Uh, and you know probably not be able to identify it um if it you know since it's done you know because she does it the right way there's right. a lot of you know there's a lot of uh minecraft can actually help you you know to determine a lot of sloppy or or poorly built um you know networks um, mm-hmm. and fairly easily especially if you know we're, we're dealing with websites that may have less than a 1,000 links. Once you get over a 1,000 links, you know, it's kind of, it's much more difficult.
0: Bill, are you actually seeing any significant changes in... Standard link graphs um, nowadays, compared with maybe several years ago. Um, I, I know that Majestic perhaps didn't offer it ten years ago, but um, you, you got a sense of the types of links that um, tended to be common maybe ten years ago. Has has that changed significantly in terms of the, the 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 types of sites that tend to link link to each other?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think you know. I don't think uh, you know that has changed a lot. Um, over the years. I don't think that's, uh, you know, there's, you know, people will, uh, you know, even since, you know, since uh, the early 2000s, people have always tried to, you know, manipulate links and so forth. And they were originally, I mean, the only change really has been is that, in the, you know, in the in the early days of, of link building um, there, you know, we were all focused on you know, anchor text and tier one links. And I think now that in the, you know, especially in the past, say, three to five years, um, people are buying a lot more expired domains. Um, and that's um, the, you know, I've seen, uh, I am in the, I would say, partly in the, in, do a lot of things in the domain industry and I have seen the prices of expired domains skyrocket. You know, you could get a good, good expired domain, uh, for, you know, five years ago for a hundred dollars. Now it's a thousand dollars. It's 10, you know, the good expired domains are now, you know, uh, uh, 10 times they, what they, what they were years, you know, several years ago. I mean, people are, building these networks and then buying expired domains and so forth. Um, and now they're focused on tier two, tier three and building networks versus where years ago the difference was is, you know, there was a lot of focus just on the tier one links. That's what i that's for what i the I've
2: context, thinking. For the context of uh, all those newbies listening to us not really knowing what we're talking about, Expired domains come with all the links.
0: Do you just one redirect them to the homepage or do you try and, try and find every um, page that had a link pointing to it?
2: Depends. Sometimes I do not redirect, I just uh, resurrect. Bill was talking about the prices of expired domains. Problem is uh, you can get an expired domain for the registration fee. Even still, even now, if you know where you're looking for them, On the other hand, you get all those auctions with overblown prices for domains which are basically useless from the SEO point of view. Something I wouldn't even pay the registration fee for. And sometimes people are fighting for those domains just because it has some artificial metric over 9,000, whatever, yeah?
1: I've also seen, you know, you have to be very, very... Uh, You have to look at the historic links of domains and you have to look at... You should
2: understand what those historic links are. You should be familiar with how people used to build links back in the day. And actually in many highly competitive industries, the strongest links of domains come from old, old authoritative human edited directories that do not even accept any more link submissions anymore, but they are still alive. And those would be the strongest and probably most valuable links of those domains.
1: You have to also be very careful with expired domains because a domain will expire exactly. three or four years ago and then someone will buy it and use it and burn, you know, burn that domain and mm-hmm. use it for a different topic and then it will expire again. Yes, yes. And, that too. And,
2: it's and, also, mm-hmm. and also, why has it expired in the first place? Why did the previous owner drop it? You really have to carefully look at the history of the domain. You need to research everything and the link profile too. You need to research the history of what was on the domain. You need to research the history of the previous ownerships how many previous owners existed, what they did and what periods of time, and then uh, extrapolate this to, you know, like way back or something like that. And the ranking graph, if you are lucky enough to operate in the markets where the tools have enough history for those domains, which is not every single market. English-speaking markets, yeah, sure. Most tools cover that. They cover the ranking history, They have enough of keywords that the domain may have ranked for. If we are talking about non English markets, here everything becomes a lot more trickier. And yes, but in any case, you need to really, really, really audit it. Like you would be auditing a client's live site, pretty much. Make sure there is no penalty because, you know, people register a new domain only to discover that it has been penalized
0: in his previous life. Soka, do you have anything to add here? Uh, is, uh, is there any aspect of link graphs that um, for, from an SEO perspective that we haven't really covered that, that, that we need to mention before we say goodbye?
3: I think when it comes to, to these expired domains, not that much. I, I think I would agree with these guys on everything and use Wayback Archive as well, which you can crawl as well, right? Um, and again, produce a link graph of that then. So, so that is probably what I would do there.
0: So in terms, to conclude, I guess um, it would be useful just to have a think about um, the future of link graphs and um, its 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 continued importance uh, as, as part of a successful SEO strategy. Uh, obviously, we are now approaching a world of um, AI-driven search results, um, search generative experiences, uh, and, and other um AI-driven um, AI, AI driven results. Um, so do they rely just as much on links, on link graphs and understanding the relevance and authority of a site?
2: AI is not a search engine. AI relies on a search engine. As long as the search engines rely on links, AI uses the links as well. And basically, I like to say that uh, we are not just doing SEO, not only optimizing sites for the search engines anymore. We are optimizing for everything, whatever the next interface might be. And that's how you should be treating what you're doing. And links is a discovery tool, essentially, whether for a search engine or for many other possible interfaces that we might be dealing with. So links are links. remember we mentioned the world wide Web. It is a web. Everything is interconnected.
0: Bill would you echo those thoughts? Yes,
1: just remember that you know the link graph is is a starting off point. It can give you some visualization and you know and, and it can give you maybe some guidance of where to start to look um, at other websites um, that are you know that are linked um, but it's not necessarily, you know, something that will give you the answer. I mean, just by looking at link graph and say, you know, it, it, you have to do the, it's a starting off point and you have to do the, uh, you know, the additional research to really kind of dig in to really find out what's going on.
0: So okay, Bill says link graphs are starting off point. What's the next point after link graphs?
3: Um. I mean, what we've all said already, looking at the data behind it, whether that's in Majestic or at statistical things. But I think another thing to really keep in mind is that it doesn't end at the external links, right? When you crawl a website, all the links are the same in the end. They all, they're they all href tags, if you're lucky enough that it's not all JavaScript. Um, but they run into internal links. They run into that graph, and that graph runs into a knowledge graph of connected... Um, keywords, content topics, and all of that. And I think we as humans look far too much at, these are the external links, these are the internal links, and this is my content, but it's all interconnected. And I think AI is using it like that and will continue to use it more and more like that. just everything interconnected. So I'm looking forward to seeing link crafts that are even more interconnected and are kind of bringing all of that together.
0: Lovely. Okay. Well, let's finish off by asking all of you just to share one thing that SEOs need to do now to better understand link graphs. And then after you've shared that tip, if you can just uh, share your name and uh, where people can find out a little bit more about you. So, Bill, should we start with you?
1: Sure. Just remember that, you know, there are tools out there that are still and traditionally still showing just the the tier 1 links. And so you You need you know, link graph is useful because it, you can delve into the tier two, tier three, and so forth links, and see kind of a little bit better of what's really going on um, with the links. And then, like I said, it can it can help with a a as a starting off point. Um, then the next step is to kind of dig you know dig in a little further based on what you see there. Um, I'm certainly uh, always, uh, every, I'm known as uh, B. Hartzer, H-A-R-T-Z-E-R. I can um, be found at
0: Hartzer.com. Superb. Thanks so much for joining us, Bill and Silke.
3: Yeah, I'll be talking at Brighton SEO uh, next week um, on th- all things link graphs, how to make your own, and I think that would be my advice as well. Try and understand them first before using them, before being kind of amazed at at their beauty, their art-like beauty, right? And don't be afraid. Um, it's You don't have to know an awful lot of maths. Um, and I'm hoping to show that in my talk um, at Brighton SEO as well.
0: Wonderful. And where's the best place that people can reach out to you online, Silke? Oh,
3: I'm, I am I may be quite young, but I'm not very reachable <laughs> online. Um, That's
0: okay. Well, go along to Brighton SEO um, if yes, you're exactly. listening to this in time. Um, otherwise, Wait around for uh, Soka to be more reachable online, maybe. Maybe that'll happen in the future, maybe not. But um, we appreciate your um, participation here. Julia?
2: I wish I was going to Brightness, you <laughs> I'm giving it a miss this year. Anyways, uh, my advice would be, there are filters in place, and you can build custom link graphs. So really try to slice and dice it to better understand what you're looking at. Because that might be more useful than just looking at the default graph.
0: And would you like to share and a, a website?
2: Yeah, uh, my uh, website, my agency's website is zangoose.digital and I could also be reached uh, on Twitter, Irish wish
0: Lovely. I've been your host, David Bain. You've been listening to the Majestic SEO podcast. If you want to join us live next time, sign up at majestic.com slash webinars. And of course, check out our other series at SEOin2023.com. Bye-bye for now.